Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. Hey, Ben. And we're here, as always, to bring you our opinions on the news notes and happenings from around the world of sports. Good show planned for you today. A lot of baseball news. And unfortunately, the majority of it is in following patterns from recent weeks. Not good. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has a new home in the NFL. But first, the NBA. Restart tonight. Yes, sir. Game going on as we're sitting here recording. I believe the Lakers and Clippers are playing. Yep. Uh, there was one game on earlier. I, I don't remember who it was. Um, I didn't actually get a chance to watch. So Jazz and the um, New Orleans Pelicans. Jazz and New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. So, I mean, we're here, finally. All the planning, getting everything ready, in the NBA bubble in Orlando, the Wild World of Sports Complex. It's finally starting. I, I'm optimistic, but I'm just a little apprehensive. Well, see... Uh, the problem is, the problem is, Rob Manfred and MLB have made everybody gun shy from believing this can actually work. That's the problem. Yes. But see, what the NBA has is a commissioner who knows what the hell he's doing. Adam Silver's not perfect. No, no. This is a situation. The whole coronavirus thing that nobody, nobody knew how to deal with it. I think, given the circumstances, he did the best he could. There wasn't any knockdown, drag out, huge. I mean, there were some players after everything was announced that were like, oh, we don't know if we want to play or not. People were allowed to opt out if they didn't want to play, which is their right. I mean, it's it's their life. Right. The lives of their loved ones, no problem. Um, but he found a place, or people within his organization found a place. Players could play safely, that could handle all of them, that could broadcast all the games, could keep his league running with very, very minimal risk. Unlike other people who we'll talk about later, <clears throat> Rob Manfred, <clears throat> uh, it's going to be a drinking game by the time we're done with this show, man. Yes, it will be. How many times I can dog Rob Manfred? People are going to be hammered. If I were you, I'd start drinking water instead of like whiskey or something because I don't want to be responsible for anybody having a hangover tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I just, I'm just waiting. To see if they can go a week clean. NBA? Yeah. Why would they not be? And Why would they not? When I mean clean, I mean everything runs smooth. Right. Everything's going well. Obviously, they'll have... The the odds are they'll have a positive test at some point. But I look to NHL. NHL, the previous week, I think it's uh, the 18th to the 20th... First or twenty second. Last week went a whole week, no positive test. Right. So they're moving in the right direction. Has the NBA had any positive tests since they no. got to the bubble? No, no okay. I don't believe they have. Yeah, I don't think so either. That's why I was wondering if there's someone I, I didn't know. I don't believe they have, but right. That doesn't mean they can't. No, it's possible. I mean, and and I think maybe I'm gun shy because Lou Williams did what he did. And but I he's think, been tested. Has there been any result on that? No, I haven't seen anything yet. But I'm sure at some point they'll they'll get notification, especially if his uh, uh, isolation is extended from 10 days to 14 or whatever. Right. I just think I'm gun-shy because of him. I know there's players that are still out for family reasons, excused absences. And it's just like – it's just like and, – and, and, again, you made the point, MLB. It's – there's a lot of freedom outside the facility. 
And I know the NBA is different. It's inside a bubble, and you have to get permission to leave the bubble, and they have all these protocols before you come back into the bubble. I understand that. But there's no there's no lassoing them outside of the bubble. Whereas MLB, literally you walk out of the facility. Yeah, and then whatever. We'll see you tomorrow, yeah. Right. So it, I think that's what's making me gun-shy. Right. Um, but I, like I said, if we go a week, so tonight's the start. So next week we record this time. Everything's going smooth. Everything's fine. We're having no issues. I think I'd be more positive on it. I think given recent events in baseball, which we'll get into in a few minutes, have you know jaded you on this. I think the NBA handled it, as, as I've said, about as good as possible. And I don't know if this is going to ease your concerns at all, mm-hmm. but you have never been down to Disney World in Orlando, have you? No, I haven't. No. I, as I said before, I've been fortunate enough to be able to go a few times, even been to the Wild Grove, the sports complex myself. It's really hard to explain because you see, you always see Disney on TV, and you see all the crowds and all the people, which, given what we've all been through the last few months, that seems like 20 years ago. But you see everything, everything that's so involved, it's so busy. What you don't see is the massive amount of land where there's nothing. I mean nothing but alligators and just water and, and swamp and lakes and forests. I mean, I believe the Disney complex, the actual, the entirety of the property they own down in Orlando, it was said to be, as far as square footage, it was bigger than the state of Rhode Island. Oh, wow. And that's, that's, it's massive, absolutely huge. So, in comparison, the parks themselves in the wide world of the sports complex and everything else that entails, you know, Disney properties are such a small portion of the actual size they actually own. Like, they have their own water facilities, their own electric company in there. Like, they are they can be self-sufficient in there, man. Like, unless somebody is able to come in from the outside and transfer it that way. Like you said with the Lou Williams, who wasn't being careful. We talked about that last episode. Then they are very, very safe down there. It would have to take somebody damn near sabotaging this. For it to not pan out the way they plan on. Yep, I agree. So I I mean, I can understand. I can understand you being a little apprehensive, but legitimately, as somebody who's seen the just a just a crazy amount of space down there that they own, it would be so hard for something based on what we know about this virus. Unless somebody brings it in, they're fine. They're good. That's why I'm just like. Lou Williams is kind of the big reason why I'm just so apprehensive because he literally went Is somewhere. he related to Rob Manfred in any way? Huh? Is, is Lou Williams related in any way to Rob Manfred? I don't think so. Because they're both really good at making really stupid choices. Right, they are. I just wanted to know. I wasn't sure. I just, I just don't. I don't know the, the protocols they're taking. I don't know right. how, how many days it would take for the virus to take in and be identi- like identified on a test. And maybe that's why it's four days for just coming back because within that four days, they'll be able to 100% figure out whether or not someone has it or not. Right, right. It just worries me that you go place X, Y, and it doesn't really matter where he went. I know it's been accentuated that it is more of a, a dining 
facility, but it also has other aspects to it, uh, dancers, what have you. I just, I just <laughs> you don't. You're so uncomfortable trying to describe it. Oh, it's, it's just it's hilarious. It's bothersome because he it was a stupid si- decision. It was a stupid he could have simply just said, "Hey, I plan on going here, here, and here." Right. Instead of if and what bothers me the most about it is that if that picture didn't go out on Instagram again, social media, the devil apparently. If it didn't go out, they wouldn't know. And who knows what could have happened. He literally, he probably doesn't think of it, and he probably, he is downplaying it. Well, he clearly didn't think of it, because he wouldn't have but done it if he did. If he doesn't think of it clearly, and I know um, I didn't hear Shannon Sharp's words, but he went hard on Lou Williams, and rightfully so, sure. because he could have destroyed this. And he doesn't think so, but he could have. Well, I think just just the fact that he did it when he could have just been straightforward and honest and said what he was going to do, and then he didn't do it, he didn't tell anybody comes back and the only reason people know is because of Instagram of Instagram and here's the thing like he was one of the people who like you said he almost opted out for concerns over this and then he goes and does this and he could have gotten everybody sick if he were to it's, it's just it's it's it shows his level of irresponsibility and it's just not okay he put a lot a lot of people in danger and he doesn't, he doesn't I don't think he recognizes it he, he clearly doesn't. He, he got in a spat doesn't. with Kendrick Perkins trying to downplay it. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if Kendrick went out back at him or had a conversation outside of social media because, you know, we can't do that, right? We can't. We can't. We have to have it. Yeah, two people who know each other have to fight on Instagram or, or Twitter. They can't just call each other and have a, work out their problems. Just be more responsible. Identify that you made a mistake. You don't want to make it again. But I feel like they're downplaying. I think I feel like... The Clippers organization's downplaying it, <laughs> and, and 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 I'll I'll end it with this is because I haven't heard much from the Clippers, and they all that I've heard from them is how they have depth and they can survive some of these losses, and and I haven't heard anything. Maybe there is something out there, but Michael Porter Jr. who of the Utah Jazz made some statements about his theory on uh, coronavirus. Um, is he a doctor now? No, he just he is conspiracy theorying okay. about the seriousness. Okay. His opinion. Do you think they're going light on him? No, he is getting absolutely destroyed sure. to the point where the Jazz apparently sat down and had a conversation with him. Well, no one's allowed to have an opinion that isn't isn't right. what the masses have decided is is what's right anymore. So, and that's what I have a problem with. Like, you can yeah. have this opinion, sure. and you you want to sit down with and the knowledge got out there that they had to sit down with him. Where's the conversation with Lou Williams saying, hey, Lou, we need to know where you're at. Like, it's not like you need to have a GPS on you. We need to know so we can track. Right. Uh, what, what is What are the terminology they're using? Um, tracing. Follow the path or? Tracing. Tracing, thank yeah. you. So they can make sure that if you do get it, if you did get it, now they can trace back. That's what my biggest concern is, is that if you're not clear about where you were, you can't trace back if you got it, and now you're putting... We're not just talking about the NBA players now. We're talking about people, regular, everyday people trying to work, affected. And that's my biggest problem. And you may disagree or agree with Michael Porter Jr.'s opinion on it. That's his opinion. He has a right to express his opinion regardless. So, But I am sure, and I don't know for a fact, so if, if I'm wrong, I would go at him as well. 
I'm sure he's taking the precautions and he's doing sure. what he's supposed to do inside and outside of the bubble. It's just that's why that's why I'm not as hyped as one would think about the NBA. A questioning severity is a whole different thing than, than downplaying it and saying it isn't real. So I mean, there's 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 different levels of everything. There's things that that are supposedly necessary. Where I'm like, come on, because I mean, look, I went to a restaurant a couple of days ago mm-hmm. or weeks ago. Not I guess I, I was getting some work done on my car and I had a couple hours to kill. So there's a local restaurant that was open and they said you had you had there was two entrances mm-hmm. that you, one was in, one was out. Okay, whatever. And then they both led to the same entrance into the building where you had to pass by people to sit going different directions, anyways. Which okay, so there's inconsistency. <laughs> Inconsistent. I knew you. We were gonna bring up. The and so we gotta wear a mask. Okay, so I wear my mask, no problem. Mm-hmm. So I wear it in there, but you don't have to wear it when you're sitting on the table. What people don't realize when they say, "Yeah," because you're not breathing on anybody. Okay. You know how strong these ventilation systems are. Anything you breathe on out is gonna suck up in the ventilation system and is getting redispersed. So like, if this is something that's a real problem, to that extent. Then we got to figure out how to make these places not 100 degrees without the ventilation on. It's it's like well, the problem isn't isn't believing it's a real problem. My problem is just inconsistencies with pe- like I said, stores putting on the dog and pony show. You put all the signs up in the front, you don't enforce anything. It's right. like it, either we're gonna do all this stuff or we're not. But can't have it both ways. And that leads us to our next point, Chris. <sighs> I, I know, I know, I know. I just feel like if people tune into our baseball. Just our baseball. They think we had like two episodes. Because it just seems like we are just running circles around this topic. They do it to themselves, though. Oh, I don't blame I don't feel bad about it. No, they do it to themselves. Hopefully we try to make it as entertaining and different as we can. We try to make Rob Manfred look stupid in, in new and different ways. Not that, you well, know. let's give it a try. Not that, not that he needs our help. No. But, you know. Well, let's see if we can pull it off this time. Let's, let's give a different spin on it. So, so what happened, Ben? What happened? The Marlins game, so after we recorded, I think it was the next day, they canceled up to Sunday. Now they've extended damn, it to... Damn near a week worth of games now. They're not going to play. Now they've extended it to Monday. Okay. Because more players got um, tested positive. So now they have 19 players, employees, coaches, collectively, have tested positive within... The past few days. Less than a week, I know that for sure. Now we have two Phillies employees. Not players, as of yet. Two Phillies employees. And where's the Phillies, the team that the Marlins are playing? Correct. When they had said positive tests that we were not informed of, and then they went out and played anyways. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Check, check, check. Chris, you're 100% correct on that. Good job, Manfred. And this is where we go with the tracing. How did now do we know for 100% fact that the Phillies employees had interaction with the Marlins players? What employees? were these employees? Did we know exactly what these employees did? Because if they were like people who cleaned the clubhouse, then nope, clearly we they were exposed. We don't, we don't know anything, we just know they're Phillies okay. employees. That's about it. Uh, this is so irresponsible on, on the part of baseball. This is why I said, and we and Ben said last time, I'm, I'm honestly, and I think I can speak for Ben here too. Shocked that we're not reporting on the season being canceled tonight. Oh, it's getting close. Because it is you, – you not only had a drastically reduced schedule, it was all under – like I said, it was all under the guise of safety, of player health and safety, which is cle- clearly, with the way they've acted the last week, proven to be a complete lie. Yes. Now, it's 
this is just not going to work. It's not. I had a thought there, and I just, I, I, the only thing that came to my mind was just, it's not going to work. Like, I could have rambled on for 10 minutes, but it's just not, you can't, you can't half-ass this, and that's exactly what they're doing. Like, you have to do what the NBA and the NHL did, and that is put your teams in a place where they're just, not, not, not quarantined, because, I mean, they can go out and, you know, socialize within that area. Right. But where they're in the bubble, essentially, and... Baseball made all these claims about health and safety and then went on and are still trying to figure out things that would be considered health and safety right now, which means literally all they discussed up until opening day was, what are you paying us? Where are we going? Right. That's all. They, there that's was all nothing, they did. nothing that was discussed as far as anything else. It's, it's, it's absurd. And it took till what two or three days after the season opened for the Toronto Blue Jays to have a spot to play. Yeah, because apparently they couldn't call Canada and ask them if they could play. Can the Blue Jays play outside? No. no. Oh. So and and it's it's insane because I have my opinions on the NBA and it's times ten for the MLB. And let's yeah. And let's put this. On the table. If Roger Goodell is paying attention, and we... we oh, you know he is. He has you, to. You know he we, is. We assume he is. Roger Goodell is a lot of things. Dumb is not one of them. He has to look at all three of these situations and say, okay, let's watch what the NHL is doing, because they're pretty much mimicking what the NBA is doing. Let's watch what the NBA is doing. Let's watch what the Major League Baseball is doing. If the other two... The two winter sports manage to get through their playoffs with what they're doing. Then you might have a serious decision by the NFL to say, we have to reassess what we're doing here. Because it's not just it's not that they're taking all these precautions and everything. They're controlling where the players are going instead of saying, hey, once you leave the facility, you're on your own. You're good. You're a grown adult. You can figure it out, right? No, you can't. Not if not if nineteen player nineteen sorry nineteen employees for the Marlins are testing positive within a few days. Yeah, and then the very same team they played all of a sudden has people popping up, you know, positive tests, and it's just don't worry though. Bob Manfred said this is not worst-case scenario. The season is intact, and it would take an entire team not being able to play or field a team in order for him to cancel the season. And the Marlins have said, hold my beer. Yeah, I was going to say, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. The Marlins are not playing a game. Yeah, for a, uh, about a week about because a week. of this. Which, again, now you have the teams that they're gonna, they were supposed to be playing playing against each other. Right. So you have an already screwed-up schedule. That's even more unbalanced because you can have a really good team now playing an extra three to four games against a crappy team, and that's going to throw everything off. So there's already this season that people wanted to just place an asterisk on to begin with is is just it's ridiculous. There were so many other options they could have done. They could have just not played. We were all prepared for them not to play, train a little bit harder in the offseason, come back in 2021. But instead, no, and, no, and, and, and gotta get on the field. And here's the advantage they'll have, right? I know I spoke a ton about the disadvantages of missing the season, 
how I think they're on the decline. We, we You want to hear my opinions on all that? Go back and listen to episodes in March, April, May, June. You, you can collect all my thoughts and, and, and see what you see what you agree and disagree with. The one advantage, and I heard this today, so I will not take credit for it. I heard it on the radio today. One advantage MLB ha- will have over the NHL, over the National Football League, and the NBA. Wait, I know. What's that? No one expects them to know what they're doing? No, that's not it. Okay. Sorry. But it, it's, Sorry. it's not a bad, bad idea. That was my only guess. The percentages are in their favor that a vaccine will be in place by the time they start the 2021 season. Whereas you already know, NFL, that's not going to happen. The 2021 season for the NFL is probably when there will be a vaccine. Right. Well, if there is for baseball in 2021, it will be for NFL. Right, right. So an NBA, NBA and uh, NHL look like they're going to start in either November or, or December. They've already said it's looking like late late 2020, but more likely early 2021. So it looks like the NHL will be going back to Toronto and the NBA will be going back to the wild world of sports in the bubble again for the next year. Maybe they'll start there and move on to the regular uh, stadium. See, I have to say, I think if they think it's going to be a whole season, I don't think it's going to happen. No, I'm just saying, the. that's why I said the percentages yeah. are in their yeah. favor that when they start in late March, early April... The 2021 season. The odds are in their favor that there'll be a vaccine available being initiated to all the population. And maybe they can get a full attendance, whatever that may be for MLB, in a full season. That'd be the only advantage MLB has in the 2021 season. Can you imagine having a problem with like being down there? Like I said, I've been down there. It's beautiful. So you're down there in a beautiful hotel. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these players are friends, get along great with all your friends, all your creature comforts, all your technologies, food prepared for you, great workout facilities. But you still got some people crying how they don't like it down there. Yeah, it's like my God, man how 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 spoiled were you growing up if you have a problem with that kind of atmosphere? I, I don't know, I don't get it. But so. so <laughs> the game games got really interesting really quick. Yeah, and we knew it would the first time somebody tried to uh, enact revenge on the Astros for their uh, sign sealing scandal. Can I just say this? This is going to sound a little mean of me. Okay. I hope this isn't the end of it. Well, it won't be. I hope. Um, but he got hit hard with a suspension. Well. Dodgers reliever Joe Kelly, who is apparently very upset about the way 2017 season played out. A lot of players are pissed off, even if they didn't play the Astros in the playoffs, because they know how they know how really how deep how deep it went as far as what the Astros were doing to try to steal signs and everything. Well, you did surface research, yeah, and you got pretty deep. Imagine if yeah. you actually go, yeah, you started trying to connect resources and 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 try to talk to people, boy. What you could un- unearth is... Well, don't worry, because Rob Manfred enacted his special justice. Oh, boy. Because you... Joe Kelly threw at Jose Altuve and Bregman? Or was it Bregman and uh, Carlos Correa? I believe all three. Okay, so <laughs> Joe Kelly pretty much threw at the entire di- uh, Astros starting lineup. So I know he hit Bregman. Yep. I know he hit... Oh, no, he didn't hit Correa. I think he went He threw behind his... Correa. Or, yeah, over his head. Altuve, I'm not 100% sure on. 
So people are trying to, you know, people are trying to, of course, so bad for the Astros. Oh, you don't throw at their head. You don't throw. You know, people get, you know, people buzz players all the time, stand back from home play. It's part of the game. Like it, don't like it. Look, you don't want to see anybody get hurt, even in Astro. Because like I've said, I think most teams are probably doing what they did. Just maybe not to that level. But Joe Kelly, almost immediately, was hit with an eight-game suspension, which would be the equivalent of a 22-game suspension if it was a full 162-game season, which is a pretty unheard-of suspension for something of this nature. Rob Manfred was so quick to protect his boys down in Houston because Manfred had all the evidence in the world. Would not suspend anybody, would not really even name names. Pretty much said, everybody leave the Astros alone. And the first time somebody, Joe Kelly, steps up, suspends them right away. Don't worry, though, because after that, Mm -hmm. after he exonerated the Astros on all that BS, baseball... And the MLB Players Association announced today, MLB has the right to suspend players without pay if they are, uh, you know, uh, essentially proven that they were stealing signs. So he did nothing about the Astros, even though he had all the evidence in the world. Goes after anybody who tries to get, you know, baseball's unran rules on that revenge. Right. And then after he exonerates them, essentially goes, oh, yeah, you can get in trouble for that. And let's be... Let's be How dirty is this guy? Are you and, what the... And let's be, tra- oh. let's be transparent, Chris. He did, he did nothing to the, the Red Sox, and reports are the Yankees have done some things or may have done some things. Unsubstantiated at this point, but there is... Right, supposedly. Supposed rumors linking one Mr. Carlos Beltran to a lot of teams. He's done nothing to them either. So th- let's, let's be honest. There's three teams that, that have connection to this sign-stealing, and no player has been... Uh, punished. The thing I'll say about the Red Sox, and I, I don't know how deep it went. I know Alex uh, Alex Cora was on the team the year they won the World Series in 2018, and it yep. was alleged that he was a big part of it. Well, not alleged. I mean, it's all been proven. But there's a lot of players who were on the Astros in 2017, pitchers especially, who have apologized for knowing what was going on, but not doing anything. Essentially, the unwritten rule: you can't, you know, you can't talk, you know, you can't, can't rat on your boys. And there hasn't been a lot of people coming forward from the Red Sox or the Yankees in those time periods who said anything. There hasn't been other players who were. I mean, the Dodgers are are crying because they want to be handed a World Series every year they don't win, which has been a lot of years. Yes. Um. But like, you don't get that. You're not. You don't have like Justin Verlander who is notorious for having a strong opinion on things, which is fine, whatever. He's a good player. He's knows, also you know, the whatever. gatekeeper of the unwritten rules. Yeah, which I can I can kind of respect because I'm kind of old school when it comes to baseball, so I do like the unwritten rules. He hasn't really said much about anything with the Red Sox or Yankees. And if his team was being accused and he knew things, it was common. It was known among player circles what was going on. You bet your ass, Justin Verlander would be all over the Red Sox and the Yankees. So I know there was stuff that was found on them, but all of those things considered are very minor in comparison to the depths the Astros went to. Understood. So Just the Astros sure. are going to get a lot of crap this year and next year because there's going to be a lot of players who didn't play this year 
who are going to be like, well, we're going to take it out on you in 2021. Not just that, Chris. You also have teams that aren't going to be able to play the Astros that are next year going to have that opportunity. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. And are going to want to <laughs> enact their own justice. They're enacting their own justice because, as you pointed out, Rob Manford will not enact no. justice. No. I want, I want to run this by you because I talked to somebody today about this. And this is kind of my mindset on how I would approach it. If I was a player going against the Astros and I felt this way. And let's remember, we're not players in the Major League Baseball. We don't know what it's how how it feels to know a team is cheating and to not be able to do anything about it. So if you think they're crying over spilled milk, I think it's a little bit more than that. That being said, if it were me as the pitcher, I know what the rules are. Rules are if you if you're trying to go tit for tat with a team because they accidentally grazed your best player or it seemed like they were throwing behind your your uh, number three hitter when really the pitcher had no control. You felt wrong. Player spiked a shortstop going in in the second. Whatever unwritten rule is being broken, usually you put one off their um, their cheek, right? Yeah. That, yeah that, that's where the... You hit him, off the, hit him on the side, hit him on the shoulder, hit him in a rib cage, something like that. No, the, typically it's the it's the butt cheek because it's the most softest spot. And it's not gonna it's gonna sting. It's not gonna cause any real permanent right. injury. Yeah. My thought is is okay. I really would have a problem going for the head because I don't I don't I feel like that is too dangerous. If I have the accuracy that I would want, I put one right off the top of their shoulder blade. So I can give them the message. I can put it in your head, but I'm going to put it in your shoulder blade. Just so you know, I can put it where I want. And I, you know that I hate what you did, and I don't respect what you did. And I, I feel like that might be the message that can be transmitted to the Astros very clearly without putting anyone's health career in danger. Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, agree. I don't disagree. That I don't, I'm not a fan of throwing at the head. But they had to know when baseball did nothing, literally nothing except a slap on the wrist, this was going to happen. Man, the only thing that the Astros know is that they're not going to get in trouble and Rob Manfred will protect them at all costs. Correct. Even though Mike Fires gave them right. everything? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the only thing they know is right now if anybody does anything really, really mean to them, all they got to do is tell Rob and he'll suspend them. Right. So This is the, this is the barometer right here, Chris. This is the barometer. Eight games. That's the barometer. Anything less, the Astros are going to complain. The the now they're they're probably going to do a um. He's going to challenge the appeal. suspension. Oh, thank you. He'll appeal. It'll go down to five. I have no idea why I'm, I can't get my words tonight, but yeah, you're right. It'll go down to five, so it'll be like a 15 game suspension. I'll still have a problem with that, but I will do. But it'll still be the barometer. So now it'll be five games, and five games is big, especially. I mean, Joe Kelly's not their best reliever, but he's a major league reliever. He's pretty good. He's got heat. He, he he hit one guy. I think he got two guys on base, and he still got out of the inning clean. And making making Correa look look foolish on a changeup, I think, or a slider. 
I just don't like the standard set for how many how many games and I understand that you can look at that and say he was absolutely trying to take off Correa's head and he intentionally hit um, Alex Bregman. But you're Rob Manford. This is your doing. You could have resolved this. Yep. And I said it months ago. I'd have no problem with every player from that year's team being suspended for the year. And I doubled down and I said any player from the 18 Red Sox and any player from whatever Yankee year that, that they claim to have been. Right. You know, them. Yep. yep. Suspend them for a whole yep. year. And now you can sit there and say, okay, well, that team's going to lose and lose and the team loses their first round pick. That team loses their first round pick. They can't bottom out and get a, a great prospect. Every player on that team loses a year of service time. And you've hit him in the pocketbook as well. well and you can move yeah, on. You, you can move on you know, with, with your with your season without having to worry about is is every team have a Joe Kelly and he's gonna go headhunt. And again, I know what some people are gonna say. We continue to talk about the Astros cheating and they're gonna go, Oh, you guys are Patriots fans though. And okay. I mean, if you just want to look at it like that, that's fine. The problem is this was never okay in baseball. It was absolutely never okay to do this, to videotape signals, to use codes and systems throughout the game to break down. It was an unwritten rule to do it, you know, visually. If you're standing on second or, or you're in the bullpen and you have eyes that good and you can actually see, and you relay to your teammates, hey, when he does this, he's, he's throwing a curveball. That's completely legal, completely fair. Right. But to use video equipment, that was never okay. Back to the whole, and I say this with Eric Roth, Spygate, the entirety of the reason the Patriots got in trouble, and uh, people, some people are going to be logical and look this up, others aren't, is because the year before, videotaping opposing teams' practices was completely legal. It was not against the rules. Pretty much every team did it, if you were smart, because you could you know, pick up some good info on your, intel on your opponents. Some teams complained. It was then outlawed, and Bill Belichick was like, screw it, I'm still doing it. Did it? Which isn't okay, because it was against the rules. So it's fine they got punished for it. But it's not like it was something that was never, ever, ever okay, and it had no other access to. It was just like more or less him just being an a-hole and being like, yeah, I'm still doing this. I don't care if you tell me I can't. So they had, they had to punish him for that. So it's a little bit different. I mean, some people are still going to say, well, cheating is cheating. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. That's that's the world you want to live in. They got punished hard. They, and they did get punished. They lost first round picks. They lost a lot of money. And you know, there's some people who will never give them credit for winning anything because they can't have a coherent thought inside their own head. But with the Astros, it was just like it wasn't like it happened for a week and they got caught and they stopped. The depths of this and the technology used. To not only steal the signs, but to deceive everybody else as to what they were doing is absurd. This is so, this is almost like using a cheat code in a video game. Like, it's a foregone conclusion. If you give major league pitchers 
especially guys who are already really good players, like Jose Altuve and Bregman and Gurea, George Springer, all those guys, are hard enough to play against on a completely even keel, on a completely even scale. Now you add the fact that they know what's coming. Oof. Man. Just put the ball on a tee and yeah. let them have that. Throw underhand. Might as well. And not like hard, like softball, it can still be hard to hit. Like just like like T ball essentially. Yeah, I just I'm just I I'm just against if you wanted to give them three games, two games, three games. I well, it's got to be five. He has to miss. He has to miss a rotation turn. Otherwise, oh no, because he's a reliever. He's a reliever. Yeah. So two or three games is fair. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. If you told me Joe Kelly, the starter a few years ago, which by the way we know what that was turned out to be. That was a, an abomination. But that was not you, good. I don't know. No. Um, but if you told me that Joe Kelly did this five games, I understood because that's a whole like you said. That's missing a spot in rotation. Two or three games for a reliever is a big deal. And especially in this atmosphere with the amount of games. And I understand if you don't understand the the, the math that every game counts as uh, essentially 2.7. So round up to three. But this is this is what the reality of the situation is. And you need to... Rob Manford needed to start with a correct barometer of the situation. Yep. He needed to take take stock of what was what was going to happen, what is happening, and what could potentially happen. And that's kind of the problem of what we have with my Rob Manford, is he doesn't take stock of what's going on. He doesn't understand the atmosphere of what's going on. He just flies by the seat of his pants. And when it's when it looks good, oh, we'll do that. And if it doesn't look good, He'll look like an idiot, but he's huh. but he's used to that. <laughs> he's got that one now. Every day he, he looks that like an one. idiot. Well, apparently, in, in continuing the the whole tradition this season of of not coming up with a solution to a problem until it's literally hitting you in the face, baseball has reduced. Now, keep in mind, we're a week into the season and they didn't play for months. They have today decided. You know who prompted this? To, right? Well, let me tell them first. Okay. Decided to reduce. Game length from nine innings to seven innings during double headers, because you couldn't have done that during a four month layoff. But whatever. Well, what prompted this? You were saying Tony Clark. Okay. It wasn't Major League Baseball. It was Tony Clark because he the, he took survey of his players and it's like he started seeing trends of obviously the Marlins are missing an entire week and. I guess a the Chicago Cubs and the what was it the Cincinnati Reds uh, rained out today, so looking at all that he's factoring in okay, sh- what should we do? And I guess there was two uh, proposals on the table, um, and one was two seven inning games, and then the second one was going to be a nine inning game, and then the second one was going to be shortened. I I don't know. Uh, I think it's the right move. They should have done it to begin with. But your point, why are you waiting till it actually becomes a problem to fix the problem? Why can't you lay out all the scenarios that are going to happen? You're smart people, right? Um, uh, other, th- other than Rob Manford. You're no, smart here's the thing. Pe- Tony Clark is not without fault in this either. 
Oh no, no, he is Tony Clark because he didn't bring up any of these problems or grievances either until until they happen. way too late. Until they happen, you know what I think it's going to happen. When's that? I think instead of actually playing by this time next week, you're just going to have every player on the team just come out to the diamond in a hazmat suit. They're going to flip a coin, and that's going to be the game. There you go. I, I I have nothing. I have nothing left to say on this because yeah, it's, it's just it, it's it's. A non-story because it should have just happened anyway. It's even something, it, one of the things they discussed, but they were too busy arguing about money, which goes back to our point. None of this was players, health, safety, anything. It was how much you paying us, right. where are we going? That's because it. if you worried about players' um, safety, you would have had this instituted already because not. I'm not even talking about postponements of weather or postponements or cancellations of games because of positive tests. I'm talking for the fact that if you're concerned about the health and safety of the players and the coaches, realistically, you can cut down the time of double headers and interaction by doing this. Mm-hmm. But we didn't think of it until it actually started to occur. Like, we started to think of this. That's, MLB is so woefully unprepared for everything this season. It is again, ridiculous. I'll bring it back to the point before. Roger, you need to pay attention to what's going on here. Take stock of everything that's going on in every single sport. Because if you think, you think 52 players and 11 um, practice squatters are going to be able to keep themselves in line, you got another thing coming. Yep. Why do you think, I, I texted you earlier in the week, as soon as it came out, Dante Hightower? And Patrick Chung both opted out. I didn't I didn't get to look into why they did. But if I'm if I'm them, and again, I I hate to be beating up Lou Williams. But I'm gonna yeah, go back. Lou Williams did it to himself though. Right. If I'm a player in the NFL and I look at what Lou Williams did, I'm like, I'm trusting fifty something guys on yeah, my team. Other people to not make a mistake. Wait, not just the fifty guys on my team. And the 50-some coaches, I'm generalizing, we're also counting the 50-some on the other team right. that I'm playing once a week. And all the people who've been around them doing God knows what, God knows where. So, yeah. It started with the guard from the um, the Chiefs, and it has just kept going and going and going. Damian He's, Williams opted out. Yep. Should have been, no offense to Patrick Mahomes, but... Damian Williams should have been the MVP of that he Super Bowl. We, we've said that multiple yeah, times multiple during times the game. Right afterwards, and he has opted out, which I mean, will probably spell the end of his time in Kansas City. Oh yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's his choice, and he'll he'll get a he'll get a nice deal somewhere else coming into twenty twenty one. But I, that'll I just, give if there is a season. If man, go for Clyde Hendricks Hilaire, the rookie running back drafted by the Chiefs in the first round. That he's gonna have opportunity. He's gonna have all the opportunity, and he's Absolutely. gonna oof, man. And look. There's opportunity that's arising. Like I, I told you, uh, Joe Juwan Williams is going to have opportunity because Chung is out. Yep. Um, I don't know why I forget the name of the uh, the safety they drafted in the second round. I forgot him too. Um, Duggan? Dugan? Dugan? Duger. Kyle Duggan. Duggan. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Anthony Jennings and uh, Josh Uche, who they drafted as linebackers, are going to get opportunity because Dante Hightower opted out. Like, they're... There's players who are going to get opportunity, but I also do not. I'm, I'm I have nothing against Dante or or 
uh, Patrick for opting out because if if it's health reasons, I won't blame you. I believe Hightower. I don't know Chung's reason. I believe Hightower either has a child who was sick or a child on the way. Really, his wife is pregnant. So I know. I'm not, Mar- I'm not sure, but it's something. It is something to do with health of his children. Right. So, and I know Marcus Cannon opted out because he he's had a cancer a, survivor. Right. Yeah. So team, I understand so. that totally. Yeah. But I won't. I won't. I won't downplay any player who who opts out because of, no, of health reasons. And I honestly, if I were a player, and I looked at the atmosphere of what's going on, and again, I know it's one instance, but Lou Williams doing that. Just exemplifies what's probably going on in MLB, what could potentially happen in the NHL, but we haven't heard anything about that yet, and what could happen in the NFL. I just look at it and say, if I have a three-year contract and I got millions of dollars in the future, you know what? I'm going to take the year off. I want a vaccine because I trust my, uh, the players I, I work with day in and day out. But we have rookies who are coming in who I don't know. Right. We have undrafted right. free agents who I don't know. We have guys off the street who are trying to make a roster spot for the last spot on the practice squad. I don't know them. We have free agents coming in who I don't know. It's like there is a roster turnover, even though the, the Kansas City Chiefs tried so hard to not make that happen. That is a subtle thing. Well, they're still gonna be really good, so I don't know how much of a dig it'll be. But, but I got I gotta say, if I was a player too, and I said I I am fortunate, unlike some people out there who I, I have always had a strong immune system, so I am very lucky, and, and I'm, I'm I count you know very. I realize that is something not everybody has, so I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to come across as like oh don't worry about it, lick doorknobs because that's just stupid too, but. If I was somebody who even had a strong immune system, did or didn't, I don't know if I'd play in this environment. The NBA situation, no problem. I would. NHL, I would no problem with that. NHL, and NBA, NHL, same thing. If it was a situation, especially something like like football, where okay, so you're gonna play, mm-hmm. and you know contracts aren't fully guaranteed. You're gonna play. What happens if you play? You decide to go through with it. After week two, there's another outbreak, and they decide everything's getting shut down again. And you got severely injured. Well, now that season's a throwaway. You're damaged goods on the field. Mm-hmm. You're not guaranteed that money. No. That season's not gonna pick up. They're not gonna. You're not just gonna. The team's not just gonna give you money out of the goodness of their heart. I mean, you could have literally just shortened your career, ended your career. For a season that doesn't even count in the record books. I mean, unless they come up with some foolproof plan, which I highly doubt at the time the NFL starts, man, I got to say, if I was a player, I, if I, maybe if I didn't know anybody who had a bad immune system and I, I was, you know, single and there was no chance of, you know, anybody I knew getting sick in a very severe way. Right. All right, cool. Take my precautions, wear my mask, whatever the situation is, and then don't have to worry about it when I leave because I know I'd just be going home by myself. But, man, if you have people in your life or if you have, a, you know, like Marcus Cannon, cancer survivor, compromised immune system, I got to say, I just throw my hands up and go, 
What are we doing, guys? Yeah. I'm not kind of fans and stands. Look, baseball games are hard enough to watch without fans and stands. Football games are going to look like they're on another planet. The crowd is 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 ninety to ninety five percent of the intensity, whether it's good or bad. You know, cheering you, booing you. So much of the energy and the atmosphere comes from the crowd. You're seeing that in baseball, where it's not even nearly as intense as football. I tried watching a game the other. I don't love baseball. I tried watching the game, and I'm like, this is, this is atrocious. It's not watchable. I don't care how many cardboard cutouts or old old tracks of fans clapping or booing in the stands they try to play over the PA system. It is not. It is not good. It's not a good watch. I don't know how you can fix it. I really don't. You can't without fans. Honestly, like you can't. Like I understand them playing. That's what they want to do. Go for it. I mean, they've already proven. Like, but just it's just gonna have to be an adjustment period. Um, and I just wanted to add an extra wrinkle to your your scenario. You also have to look at next year, the report that came out. Now it's like now months ago, I guess. The possibility of the salary cap, yeah, taking a severe yep. hit. And you're that free agent who got injured, so not only are you not going to get the money you thought, you're definitely not going to get the money you thought because the the cap is going to mm-hmm. go down. So you're going to get even less. So even if you're a free agent coming in, uh, you know, going into uh, next offseason and you decide to opt out, teams are going to look at you and say, he may be a little rusty, but if we can work the rust off, a la Le'Veon Bell, we sell improvements over the season for Le'Veon Bell. We don't put it all on Le'Veon Bell because Adam Gase is a moron. Yeah, that was a bad offense. That's not Bell's fault. So... That would probably be the the avenue that you would want to go, especially if you're. I think, like, like I said, I think Damian Williams is a, a free agent next year. I believe so. Yeah. Like, this is the avenue. Like, okay, the last memory people have is what he did in the Super Bowl. Right. It's not a bad memory. Worked out for Larry Brown. Yeah. You say who's Larry Brown? Well, he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. I believe it was the third, third Cowboys. Super Bowl? I think I don't know. I think it was the Probably. third Cowboys. Regardless, he turned that into a lucrative deal to the... Oh, a lot of players have done that. Arizona? I believe it was Arizona. I believe it was Arizona. Well, I don't it might have been th- St. Louis at that time, but it was the Cardinals. Yeah, it was, a, it was the Cardinals organization. But well, same thing with Desmond Howard. Worked with it. Went from uh, the Packers, had a really good Super Bowl, and then I think it was the Raiders. I believe it was the Raiders. Signed him to a, a big, huge contract for the time. And, and this did is not a, work out so well for the Raiders. This is a Michigan fan right here. That was a oops. Well, he, can, he can be a great player, but it, he was a great returner and, like, third or fourth receiver. Right. And they tried, like, giving him, like, wide receiver one money and bringing him in to be the guy. And it's like, dude, that's not – doesn't matter if he had a good game. That's like – like, Damian Williams, no disrespect, he had a phenomenal game and he played great in an awesome offense for running backs. But if you go put him – on a three and, and thirteen team last year with a bad offensive line, he's not going to be as effective as having Patrick Mahomes and all those weapons around him. It's what? just it's and it's not his fault. Like you, you play yeah. in the system you're in, but like Damian Williams isn't Zeke Elliott. Put him on the Minnesota Vikings. You're, he's just not going to have the production Dalvin Cook has because right. Dalvin Cook is a different different level right. of player. And the same you're the same example. He's not he's not Ezekiel Elliott. 
Ezekiel Elliott can go to the, the Minnesota Vikings and be the same player. And vice versa, Dalvin Cook can go to the, the Dallas Cowboys and be the same player. Dalvin Cook could, could go to the Kansas City Chiefs and be tremendous um, improvement over Damian Williams. No offense to Damian Williams. He's just, he just could take that offense to the next level. Right. Damian Williams, for all his accolades in the postseason and in the Super Bowl, cannot go to Minnesota, Dallas, name your other uh, – up, oh, Seattle – I just I don't I don't know if that would work. But if someone pays him for like, like he is, then hey, good for you, man. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think he's going to get the money he no. expects, but he is giving himself a, an opportunity to say I am fully healthy. I have, I still have plenty of tread on the tire because we know that becomes a problem with running backs late in their career. Speaking of, yes, speaking of late career running backs, Mister Lashawn McCoy has apparently. Join the already Super Bowl 55 winning uh, Timber Bay Buccaneers. So apparently. How successful do you think this is going to be? Because we saw it. We the saw Bucks are, here's, the, here's the thing. Look. Mm-hmm. I love Tom Brady. Yes. All we heard from everybody, including Patriots fans, and it was easy to see, was that, yes, he's a legend. Yes, he's the greatest, you know... He has diminished skills. He's only just 42 years old. to be 43 by the time this next season starts. If he isn't around. I think his birthday's in August. So 43. And now he's playing a team, or should be playing for a team, that has a star-wide receiver that likes to run deep. Okay, so you have diminished arm strength, and you're going to throw deep to Mike Evans. Uh, Chris Godwin will be fine. We've discussed that before. Godwin will be awesome yes. with Brady. You don't have the greatest offensive line in the world, despite your first-round picks. Uh, you have Rob Gronkowski, who was n- not playing at a high level two years ago when he retired, didn't even play last season, and people are talking about him like he is going to come in and be the Gronk of old, the Brady of old, and LaShawn McCoy signs with them, and it's, oh my God, this Tampa Bay offense. Okay. Maybe. Dude, uh, it could they could go out this year. They could kill it. Thirteen and three, fourteen and two. I don't think with all the talent in that division, that'll be the case. But they could be a very, very good team. But a lot of things have to go right. Brady's got to find the fountain of youth. He's got to be able to hit Mike uh, Mike Evans deep. Gronk has to. You know, you can only add mass and subtract mass from your mass from your body so many times before it really takes a toll on you. Mm-hmm. So he bulked back up. Okay. Well, he slimmed down. Because he kept getting hurt when he was that big. So he bulked back up after not playing for a year and a half. And now that's supposed to not affect him at all. Okay. LaShawn McCoy has defied odds as a running back. Has been tremendous. Super talented. Mm-hmm. But Father Time's creeping up on him too. And it's like... You got Father Time knocking on a lot of doors down there in Tampa Bay. Ah. I don't know, man. That that rug could I don't be know. pulled really quickly underneath them. I just, I, and I, I hate that. It, it's not just, look, I'm pissed off the way Gronk left. I admit that. Brady, I I really thought he was staying in New England, so that was kind of a surprise to me. Uh, although, realistically, looking back at it now, I should have seen that he wasn't. Um. So, yeah, I've been a little, a little bitter on those. But, I mean, nothing I just said was false. 
No. Like, Brady had diminished skills. There's a reason the offense didn't tick the last two years. Even when they won Super Bowl 50, uh, 53? Yeah, 53 against the Rams. That offense was not great. It was one of the lowest scoring. Yeah. If not the lowest. 13 to 3, which, thanks to that square game, won me a lot of money. But it wasn't. If you weren't a Patriots fan, that was not a great game. No. But Belichick made it work with the defense. He did exactly, you know, he, he made it count when he had his chance with the offense. But that team was not awesome offensively. And now he's going to go down to Tampa. And he's going to, I don't know, man. A lot of things have to go. We've seen it happen before. It could. If anybody, look, if anybody can do it, Tom Brady can. He's, he's proven critics wrong time and time and time again. So maybe he does. Maybe he goes down and finds a felony youth for two years, and Tampa Bay is an awesome front-running contending team. Gronk can be decent. I think what will honestly happen with Gronk is he has a good game or two to start the season, and then it starts wearing on him really quick. As far as Brady and LaShawn McCoy go, I don't know. Like I said, Father Time's knocking on a lot of doors down there, and it's going to be really hard to dodge them all. I think so. Tom, Tom needs to realize one thing. This is not the AFC least. No, and Bruce Arians, and I like Bruce Arians, but he's not Bill Belichick. No. You have four legit teams in that division. We Do we know two of the teams have aging quarterbacks? One, he's up there, but he's not quite up there in uh, Matt Ryan. And obviously Teddy Bridgewater, his first year, but Teddy's got probably the best running back in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, Most explosive all-around player. Easily. And, and uh, honestly, Drew Brees has one of the most explosive players. We don't know what happened last year with Alvin Kamara, but he is... Yeah, yeah he's talented as hell, yeah. He is probably one of the most explosive running backs in the league. My problem with this, and, and, and reading the article, I see that the rookie running back, Kayshawn Vaughn, um, was placed on reserve COVID-19 list. So... We don't know how long he'll be unavailable. Yeah. So now I understand the signing a little bit. The signing of a running back a little bit more. This signing doesn't make sense to me in this aspect. Okay, so Ronald Jones is a starter. For the first time in years, he's going to have a legit chance to start. But he's not a pass. He's not a pass catcher, and he's not great with pass blocking, which is probably a problem. Why? Uh, what's his name? I always miss. I always forget his name. The one that was there with him. And then we have uh, Dar. Uh, I haven't practiced his name, so I'm not gonna get it right. Agubalawale. Uh, that's good. That's good. I think that's his name. He's technically the third down back. So now, Lashawn's gonna fight with both of those two gentlemen for playing time. And to your point. LaShawn McCoy is 32 years old. How much does he have left in the tank? Because he didn't show a lot with the Chiefs last year. He'd take a game off. What was he off for? Big maintenance is what the word, I think. Yeah, was, yeah. Which is a very popular word in the NBA, but not really popular in the NFL. Otherwise known as he's just a little bit on the... Getting the, too old to be able to handle this full time. Right. This so, is what it is. So you're basically going to say, if Kayshawn Vaughn's not available to start the season, you're going to go with McCoy, Jones, Agobawale as your three running backs. And whatever else they have sitting on the practice squad or 
as depth. Are you going to skip games with LaShawn McCoy and then you'll have two running backs until Kayshawn Vaughn? Which, by the way, again, he's a rookie. So he might not be up to speed as the other two one, two are. Or would you just be better with a more solid running back? Maybe. I, I understand it's it's been very, very difficult for someone to sign Devontae Freeman. And he's kind of doing it to himself. To the point where his agent said, I'm good. I'm moving on. Bring him in as a piece. Maybe you can allure him with the fact that you might win a Super Bowl. And he uh, was so close to getting one, and Matty Ice screwed it up. But this this pickup just screams to me that it's by the middle of the season, he's not going to be working. Well, especially if if the, if the the kid they drafted is on the COVID list, who knows how long he's going to be out for. So, if he's missing reps and then he comes back in, and like you said, he tries they try to incorporate him into the offense with McCoy. McCoy's getting up there in age, so they really, I mean, they had to do something. I get it. And McCoy, you know, he's a veteran who knows how to win. He's a hell of a player. He's a tough guy. I mean, I mean, how many times I've seen that guy, you know, go down on the field and it was like, oh man, this season's done, and he walks back out of the locker room like ten minutes later. And it's just like, I mean, the guy, the guy's like Gumby, the way he twists, gets twisted and turned out there. But, uh, you know, I just, you would have thought, well, they did, actually, in fairness, they did. They drafted somebody. They did try to bring somebody else in. And then he ended up, you know, he's on the COVID list. So, we'll see. Maybe by the time, maybe, maybe if, here's the thing. By the time the season starts, if the kid they drafted is good, and he can play, and they can incorporate him in there with McCoy, he can learn from McCoy, then this is a good signing. If they're going in knowing this kid's going to be out for a while and they brought McCoy in to be more than just somebody who can get th- you know four to six carries a game, maybe a few receptions, he's not going to be able to last. He's not. He doesn't have the durability anymore. That's not a knock, it's just it's a fact. He's taken a beating for a long time. Yeah, no, I agree with you on it. That's 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 my overall point is I just don't Is there not a better option, Chris? I mean, dude, for all the, for all we know, they reached out to Devonta Freeman and he said he didn't want to play. He would opt out. I mean, we don't know we don't know the circumstances. So I mean, bringing in a veteran, I have to assume it's not a big contract. It's not a bad idea. I mean, even even having Ronald Jones who hasn't exactly shined in his opportunities. And then they brought Keyshawn Vaughn in, who I think is in that offense. I know I just said they're going to have points where they struggle. But there's also going to be really good points in that offense. And in that offense, a kid like Keyshawn Vaughn could do really, really good if he's healthy. If they have all three of those guys and they can rotate them in and, and find the best use for them, and everyone can stay healthy and, and on the field, going to have a really good offense. Who was the uh, running back from San Francisco that wanted to get traded? Uh, most there, but he just re, re, uh, restructured. Right. He restructured. Got, he didn't get more years, but he got more money. Yeah. So they gave him a little bit more to make him happy, and he's he's smiling now. So. I say that because I was looking at the free agent list, yeah. and there's nothing there. No. Other than LaShawn McCoy. Oh, other did, than Devontae Freeman and LaShawn McCoy. So the Bucks I, did all they could do. Free agent-wise, yes. Yes. Trade-wise? Well, what are they going to do? I mean... I, I don't know. They're going to need... Dude, no, they're going to need those draft picks because Brady's not lasting more than the two years he signed. 
Gronk's not going to be there when Brady leaves. Gronk's already proven he can't play for a team not quarterback by Brady. Right. The second Tom says, it, it, I'm done, yeah. Gronk's done. Whether it's, Which, whether it's after this season or Brady plays both years, whatever, this is not like they know they're going to need those draft picks. I don't blame them for not trading them away. And this is the balance that Bruce Arians, one, is going to have to try to pull off, and two, I don't think he's going to be able to pull off. He has to balance the fact that he has Tom and Gronk, right? Mm-hmm. And to a lesser degree now, LaShawn McCoy. To get them playing time, well, Tom's not a problem with playing time, but the other two playing time. Opportunity, feeling like they're part of the team. And obviously with Tom, it's orchestrating the offense, being the leader. How long that's going to last? And is it going to hinder their ability to maintain two players who are going to be essential to their future after those three, more importantly, Tom and Gronk, move on, when they move on. You know who two players I'm talking about. I'm referring to Evans and Howard. Those two players, because if they start chirping, like they're not going to get any, they're not getting the reps, they're not getting the um, targets, they're going to start chirping a little bit. Even Even if they're winning, they're going to chirp a little bit. And Tom is going to try to put them away and say, no, this is the way offense is working. And if it's working, great. But if Tom feels like he's done after a season, but you, the ship already sailed on O.J. Howard and Mike Evans starting signing long-term, you're now going to have to try to fix that problem or trade him away as damaged goods for less value. So somehow Bruce Arians is going to have to orchestrate this this one season to make everything work. And if they're in week six and they're three and three, is it working? No. And is no, they put this Mike, team they put this team together to be thirteen and three, fourteen and two. They did not put this team together to be eight and eight and barely win a wild card. Right. And if and if they're three and three and Mike Evans has fifteen um, catches. Fifteen catches for seven hundred yards and one touchdown. And O.J. Howard has... Well, yeah, 700 yards after six games, you're doing okay. But what if he has just one touchdown? And he expects yeah. more targets. Yeah. And O.J. Howard has 10 catches for 200 yards. Don't forget yards. Cameron Bright. Right. And that's why Another I'm saying... Another tight end, yeah. There's three tight ends in the system. As great as three tight ends would be as weapons... I still look, say they trade one. Look at, look at Baltimore. What did they have to do? They had to trade one. They had to trade uh, one. I still say they end up trading one. They're going to. Because well, it's going to be either Howard or, or uh, Bray. And I think Howard and O.J. Howard is the most likely candidate because they're going to wait till people get in the camp and then they see what they have and some of these rookies and, and players coming in. And Gronk. And Gronk. And players are going to get released. Or not released, but, you know, not not invited to continue camp. Right. And Tampa Bay is going to go, oh, okay, well, we can probably get still – Decent value for for OJ Howard because he hasn't been ruined. We just haven't used him. So whatever he did in college, he's still kind of living off that you know stigma. And we'll see. I don't know. I still think they end up trading him. But he looked good well, in but New the England. bigger the bigger they can afford him now. They just had fourteen million dollars in opt out. So Patriots got some cap room now. Right. So but, but they're gonna have to figure out if the Mike Evans situation. I think for I I like Mike Evans and I think he's a great player and I don't think he's gonna be a headache. It's just. Wide receivers, first off, he's had so much attention over the past few years, right? He's literally been 
the only target until Chris Godwin started coming to the forefront. That's not true. Jameis Winston threw to the other team also. My apologies. You're correct. That being said, I think Mike Evans is going to have an issue if the offense, not tailored to him, but he doesn't get any any love for weeks and the offense is not running and they're losing, and obviously losing affects the team in a negative way, but if he feels like it's being unproductive, he might voice his opinion. I'm just saying, I'm just saying he this could turn bad. And especially if this is only a one season because Tom says, I'm done. And you know what Gronk's going to say? Well, you went down the rabbit hole there. He went from his Simon McCoy good to Mike Evans is going to be pissed off at Tom Brady. Well, you know me. Uh, I can... You listen to too much Boston radio, buddy. We've been over this. Yes, that is correct. The sunglasses are affecting your vision. Don't hate the glasses. Don't hate I don't hate, hate them. I just don't understand why you wear them indoors. Anything else? Are you good? I think I'm all set. All right. We're going to get out of here. We hope you enjoyed episode 84. As always, if you have any questions or comments or opinions on anything you heard on today's show or anything else sports you would for that matter, we would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? So they can hit us up on Twitter, at BCTSpod. You can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or you can go to the website, bctspod.com. And the new blog is not up yet, folks. So if you're looking for that, it should be up sometime tomorrow. Last couple of days have been a little crazy, but it will be up very shortly. We thank you so much for your support. If you enjoy the show, can you please help us spread the word? We would greatly appreciate it. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. We will see you right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.